cliffcentral.com. It is time for Markets Monday with Markets.com. So let me remind you that um, what you can do is sign up with them, a special offer that Markets have got for everybody who listens to this show and only for people who listen to to this show. You get a 30% bonus on your deposit if you join us immediately. But you have to send uh, an email to support at Markets.com with your sign-up and then we will give you a 30% bonus. But you've got to send them an email and tell them that we sent you. So uh, Cliff sent me, Cliff Central, whatever you need to put in there, and they will add you to their special priority list, give you a 30% bonus on your deposit. Of course, Market Mondays is where we get to check in on some of the things that are going on. And what I've been really keen to do, and we haven't so much yet, but we're going to start today, is to look at what is affecting the markets. And whether you're a new trader or you're looking for a safe place to start trading, maybe you're experienced and you, you know exactly what you're doing, you're looking for low spreads, multi-assets, high-tech, you will find Markets.com suits you perfectly. So today we've got Neil Wilson on the line. He's a chief market analyst at Markets.com and at Finalto. Neil, it's a great pleasure to have you on. Thank you for joining us this morning. How are you? Hi, good morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Hi. Thank you. Uh, so, Neil, I'm going to start off by going straight into the markets. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the UK this week, um, the budget that's just been proposed <laughs> by the new yeah. Prime Minister and the and the um, and the Treasury in in the UK. What what did they what did they do here? Because people are complaining bitterly about this new budget. What's happened? Yeah, so essentially, um, you know, you know, faced with uh, the sort of post-COVID world that we're in, and uh, a sort of pretty stagnant economy here here in the UK, um, which is maybe partially, uh, or, or, or even, you know, to a large extent, to do with Brexit as well. We've, we've still got that sort of Brexit overhang. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're dealing with quite a few issues, and, and, and essentially they're trying to boost growth. So they've, they've cut taxes. Um, Across the piece, really, pretty untargeted tax cut. I think that's one of the reasons why the market didn't didn't enjoy it so much. Um, these sort of untargeted ta- tax cuts, which are just sort of blanket tax cuts, so are um, really just boosting demand. And, and and when you boost demand at a time of, of high inflation, you just add to the inflation problem. Uh, and so the Bank of England, which has been warning that it, it wants to raise rates, but it's it's the, the you know raising rates will be a problem too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's being forced to, to 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 raise rates even faster, which is pouring more you know more pressure onto households who are borrowing money. You know, large numbers of people with mortgages and people with credit card debt and so on. You know, that sort of uh, uh, that, that adds to pressure on them. Um, and and the and the, the government is sticking to its guns. So it's, it's sticking to these tax cuts. It's saying that it's going to introduce some more supply side reforms, whatever those might be, um, in in the coming weeks. Um, but the market didn't really like the fact that the the the, the government had sacked its ch- ch- top official, the top top treasury um, civil servant, just a few days before that budget, um, and it also uh, refused to publish any forecasts, any sort of economic forecasts that that that, that would you know explain why why they were doing what they were doing. So uh, I think the market didn't really didn't didn't really like any of that. And we, we we did see quite quite a quite a nervous reaction uh, in, well, in, in in the financial markets. Well, obviously that's contributed to the pound being. Um being significantly hit and I, I think you know this is probably the worst that the pound's been against the dollar for very many years is that right yeah that's right i mean it actually hit an all-time low against the dollar so it, you know going back sort of 200 years the, the pound is worth about five dollars and it's sort of slowly or or, or uh, you know 
it's lurched lower over the over the last couple of centuries, and it, not so long ago it was worth two two dollars, and now it's now now it's down <laughs> to uh, well it's about one ten, but it hit a, a, an all time low of one oh three. So yeah, really really nasty sort of moves for 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 styling. Let's turn our attention to the U.S. for a second, because there's a lot of talk about what's going on there. Is the U.S. economy, in your opinion, heading towards a hard landing? Um, because obviously the Fed has been criticized, too. You know, they can only really play with interest rates. It's the only tool in their toolbox. But the, um, the dollar seems to be separating out from the rest of the currencies and moving in a very different direction. And, of course, we've got all this massive inflation that everybody's talking about. So what do you see in your forecast for the U.S. economy? Yeah, I think I think it's very hard to avoid a hard landing now. Um, the, the, the pace at which they're tightening interest rates, there's a bit of a lag in in, in, in interest rate policy. You know, when it starts to, to bite, uh, sort of six to twelve months, and I think we're seeing that the pace at which they're tightening over the last couple of months uh, and will continue to do will will really bite next year. Um, I think. Uh, you know, the, there are indicators that we're already in, a, or the U.S. is already in recession. Um, if you if you look at it, uh, the official sort of uh, meaning of, of, of recession is, is two quarters of negative GDP growth. And we have had that. Now, the reason they're not saying it's a recession is because the labor market is meant to be incredibly strong in the U.S. Um, and, and the headline numbers do do suggest that. But I think that there's underlying weaknesses. Um, you, you know, a lot of people having to take two jobs and a lot of people that, Whose, whose jobs that they do have, just like in, in the UK, um, they've got jobs, so there's no shortage of jobs, but they're, they're just not earning enough. There's just not enough uh, high-skilled labour and high-skilled jobs yeah. um, to, 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 to keep up. And so so the, there's still this problem of, of, of labour market productivity, not enough people in the workforce and so on. So I think um, I think statistics right now maybe maybe slightly... Uh, um, masking the, the, the trouble ahead, I think the U.S. will will be headed for for a hard landing um, sometime next year. I think we'll see we'll see some real stress there. Partly, partly because the Fed has been too easy in the way into COVID and, and after and during COVID, and then far, maybe a little bit too tight coming out. So it's mm. um, you know overshooting in both directions. So Neil, I mean, when we go from the U- UK to the US, we've obviously then got to talk about the euro as well, uh, the other major world currency that, that people are constantly trying to trade. And, and we're very concerned in Europe at the moment about energy, aren't we? What, what else is, is on the euro's possible future forecast? <laughs> well, I mean, the euro, the euro, to be fair, is, is uh, you know, like sterling, it's, it's dealing with a long-term productivity problem uh structural reforms that have never really happened to the economy there um and that that, that's put it in a weak position um you know you're you're also seeing that maybe the 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 global export market for 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 european products maybe maybe contracting a bit or not growing as fast as you'd you'd like um because of just broad macroeconomic uncertainty um you've got the political uncertainty uh we just had a a right-wing government uh voted in, in in italy um, with potential for conflict with the sort of European uh, uh, European kind of ideal and the, the people in Brussels who, who make make Europe, Europe happen, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're sort of more more in line with maybe Poland and Hungary. So you see more disruption there, um, and, and just you know the energy crisis is 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 real, and, and Europe is is going to have a tough winter. I think they've they filled up the gas short, the gas supplies pretty well. I think over the summer, but. There are there are problems there, and, and you know people are seeing you know higher energy costs, higher inflation, and it's the same sort of story that we're seeing 
um, around the world where, where just that high energy and high inflation story is eating into people's earnings and me- meaning they, 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 they've got less money to spend elsewhere. I'm really enjoying talking to you this morning because these are things that I've been um, looking for an expert to help us address for a very long time. But let's just talk about what everyone in markets are talking about at the moment. Have we reached the bottom yet? And again, you know, we're, we're just to be clear, this is not financial advice, but this is what everybody's speculating about. Have we reached the bottom? Is it time to start reinvesting? Uh, if we do reinvest, what sort of areas would you be looking to as the canaries in the coal mine to indicate that we have hit the bottom and we're starting to see a, a, a return to some profitability. Yeah, well, I think I think there's I think there's probably a little bit lower to go. I don't I don't I don't think that the market stops going uh, down until um, until the Fed stops. I think you know basic sort of principle: don't fight the Fed. And I think the Fed is surprising. Um, you know, surprising to the upside, if you like, with with its hawkishness at each time. And I think the market needs to to understand that the Fed is going to keep going uh, until it until something really breaks. So it's probably got um, a bit more hiking to do than the market even expects now. So I think a little bit more um, to the downside. I think you know the S and P five hundred is the sort of barometer here for the U.S. market. Um, you know, it's it's sort of hovering around that three six level. I think. I think you potentially, you, you almost certainly see three three, um, and then you know there's a chance that it goes down to, to three thousand. But what we've not had yet is that sort of mass capitulation, that moment where everyone throws in the towel, um, and that's when you see the VIX, you know, the volatility index shooting up to forty, um, and, and you see a really, a really sudden, you know, a real cratering of, of sentiment. That's I think that's yet to happen. That's just just around the corner, though. I think, um, and then. You know, looking looking at what what might be what might be good value. I think actually a lot of tech might be good value. Um, hmm. It's been some of the stuff that's beaten up them, been been beaten up the most by uh, by the by the Fed and by rising interest rates. Uh, valuations have got you know way too overextended before before this this pullback this year. Um, but actually, you know, what when you're looking at what might actually be you know, stand the test of time over the next sort of 20 to 30 years, and there's going to be some tech in there. Um, so I think you, you have to be careful. You have to, to pick pick your battles. But I think uh, there's some good quality tech names that have been beaten up. Um, also, you know, the, the the inflation, if you're wanting to play the inflation story and rising rates, well, actually what you might be looking at is is maybe some financials that can can profit as the, the, the yield curve. Resteepens, so we've seen the yield curve really flatten out over the last mm-hmm. uh, year uh, because interest rate expectations have, have risen really high in the short term uh, and longer term have sort of fallen back, and that creates this flat curve where uh, interest rate expectations are sort of, you know, seen seen uh, uh, steady for over the over the course of the next ten years. But uh, you know, actually, as as the Fed and, and other central banks get to the to their terminal rate. Um, they'll, they'll have to start cutting because there'll be there'll be problems in the economy, and you might see the yield curve re-steepen then, and some some you know more sort of riskier assets like financials, the sort of things that are responsive to interest rates, uh, might might be quite attractive as well. All right, so the only thing left for us to to talk about is oil because. Uh Obviously, this has been something we talked about energy in the in the eurozone just a moment ago. But all over the world, oil price seems to have been something which has been fluctuating quite a lot. We saw a, a significant drop here in South Africa. We're expecting a petrol price decrease uh, this week. But overall, how do you see oil behaving? Yeah, I mean, oil, oil has been uh, one of those assets 
this this year that's been extremely volatile. Um, but it, but it has it has slackened a lot recently. I think um, we've got OPEC meeting this week, and they're they're likely to to call for production cuts. So they're they're not even able to really meet the production goals that they've got. So they're going to cut production a bit more um, because prices have fallen back about eighty two dollars a barrel on Brent um, was a low last week. And I think I think probably there's a bit of this pullback that we've seen masks underlying tightness in the market. It masks the fact that we've had the US releasing strategic reserves, um, and I think you you've actually got a lot of tightness in the market and the, the sort of falling off in the prices lately is, has has been uh, uh, misleading in a way and, and I think the, one of the reasons for that is, is the, the fact that so many speculators had, had got uh, long oil uh, around the time of the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and hmm. we've seen this steady unwinding of those positions because uh, there's only so far it could go it moved pretty, pretty, pretty aggressively and they've just steadily unwind those positions we've not seen you know, uh, Russian oil uh, leaving the market to any great extent. Although, despite the sanctions, it's found it's it's found uh, it's found other places to go to pretty easily. Um, and so, so it's been winding down. But I think there is there is still tightness in the market, and I think um, you're going to have to see oil replacing gas uh, in Europe. Uh, oil, the, the, there's a replacement there. In, in some settings, maybe one to two billion barrels a day or something like that, but not not huge amount, but still, uh, still some. I think Iran there's not there's not going to be any Iranian oil coming on soon. I don't think that the, the right. deal is the deal seems to be very very uh, difficult to get to. So I think there's, there's some some tightness in the market still. I think you, you could move back up to to hundred dollars a barrel, um, but you could see sixty first. I think that's the, that's the risk here. And trading oil is is notoriously notoriously difficult. Well, thank you. That's, uh, I'm afraid, all we've got time for this morning, but we could talk to you for another half hour easily on just some of the things that I've been looking for answers for. Appreciate your time. Neil Wilson, very good to have you thank on, you. Uh, on the, the show with us this morning, and we hope to, uh, to talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot. It's been, been great fun. Thanks, man. Thank you. There's Neil Wilson, and that is markets.com. If you want to know more, you can follow them on marketscomsa on Instagram, marketscomsa on Twitter, and marketscomsa on Facebook. They're on all the social media platforms. As I said at the beginning, if you send an email to market support at markets.com after you've signed up and tell them that we sent you, they'll give you a 30% bonus to start trading on. And you can find all of the things that we talked to Neil about in this this uh, particular update today. Um, find all the info that you need with markets.com.